Yes, yes. First slide. Yep. So, title this morning is going to be uh, Relationships in the Church. I'd like to start in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Relationships in the Church. Starting in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising, the God, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. So I've been thinking a lot about this verse. I mean, this is kind of our go-to verse when we start thinking about, you know, what was the early church like? And I was asking myself this week, what, what was the goal of these people? What were they about? Um, what were they trying to accomplish? And if you think about that, I mean, were they, there were 3,000 people at least that were added to that church just recently. Were they trying to build like a mega church? Is that what their goal was? To build this big church, impressive, is, is that what this was about? And if you look at it, I mean, what these people were about is just devoting themselves. It, it was community. Devoting themselves, the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship, prayer. And you read through this. Meeting together every day, selling their possessions, meeting needs. It's all about community. It's yeah, about right. relationships and connection. Right. That's what they were trying to do. The, the growth was like a symptom. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't even what they were trying to accomplish. They were trying to be together. Yeah. This was something special and amazing that they had never seen. And, and just the, the community was... Mm-hmm. And, and the rest of it just kind of happened. Um, so today, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, closer community, close community, eight keys for building close relationships in our church. Um, so, yeah, um, could you go to the next slide, which we just did. So the next slide. So we'll be spending um, the lesson today going through these eight uh, keys for building close relationships in our church. Um, so I'd like to start in uh, James chapter five sixteen. So praying for each other. This is fundamental. Yeah. It's, the, it's the bottom line. It's the foundation. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So th- this verse, you know, praying together seems really simple, right? Um, or praying for each other. But it, it implies some things. Uh, first of all, it, it implies that we know what to pray about, yeah. right? It, it impri- implies relationship. It, it, you know, it, it implies, and it's connected here with confessing sins. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, maybe that's the whole purpose of confessing sins <coughs> is so we can pray for each other. Mm-hmm. We know what to pray about for each other, right? That's probably... 
the whole purpose of, of confession. You know, this verse implies a consistency and a habit, I think, right? It's something that's done on a regular basis. The other interesting thing is, like, when you're praying for each other, who do you pray for exactly? I mean, you can't pray for everybody. I mean, you know, our church, I suppose, you know, we could all pray for each other in this church. That's that not impractical. Our church was a thousand. I mean, it becomes impractical, right? So, so who do you pray for? Who do you pray for exactly? Um, and there's a million ways of doing that. I, I, think, I think maybe the important thing is to be, is to be intentional about it. But, I mean, you could pray for your community group um, and your family. You could, pray for, you could pray for the church every now the whole church, and then pray, pray for close friends. Um, but I think the point is, is, is to think it through a little bit and, and, to, and to really pray meaningful prayers for yeah. our brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. Um, when you say, I, and I'm really guilty of this, like I, I'll talk to people in the fellowship and I'll say, I'll pray for you about this. Right. And then I don't do it, right? Yeah. It's a great thing to say, right? I'll pray for you about that. <laughs> Following through with that. Uh, um, a great question, too, I wanted to ask is, what is happening? Like, I think a lot of us, I struggle with this, I forget I can go a period of time, I can go a significant period of time and not pray for my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. What's happening with that? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah. Even in my life, what is happening in me, in my life, where I'm not praying consistently for my brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's, it's probably self-focus, and, and I just get so focused on my own life, self-focus, my own selfishness, focus on myself. But that's a really important question, I think, for all of you to ask yourself. Um, okay, next point. Encourage one another daily. Turn to Hebrews 3, 12, and 13. See to it, brothers, that none of you has sinful, unbelieving heart and turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So, again, encourage one another daily implies some things if you think about it. I mean, for one thing, how do you encourage someone? You've got to, you've got to have some knowledge. You've got to have deep, meaningful, knowledgeable conversations with people, right? Um, Conversations that encourage your brother and sister, truly encourage them. Um, how do you do that practically? And, I, you know, I've, I don't know if you ever thought about how did they do it in the first church without cell phones? You know what I mean? I mean, how did they even do that? Right? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think that was a part of it, right? I think probably people lived in smaller communities. That was a part of it. But the bottom line is, you want to talk to a brother, you had to kind of go over to their house. You had to walk over there, or maybe you worked with them, or, or maybe you were meeting together pretty consistently anyway. But, I mean, it was like, there, this was not easily done. Um, people in that time generally worked from sunset, sunrise to sunset. So a lot of times that might have been a dark. I, I don't know how they did it. Um, but again, how, do, how, how can we do this? 
It's a great question. Um, I mean, I've tried, you know, different things like um, I, I, I am not going to let I'm not going to let any day go by in my life when I'm not going to make a few phone calls to somebody, right? I'm not going to go through my day and not call a brother or sister to encourage them or, or do something. Um, I mean, maybe that's something you could do. Um, you know, but again, it's like I think it, it takes intentionality, it, it takes effort. Um, it takes love. I think praying, if you're praying with a group of brothers and sisters, you, you're going to want to know how they're doing, right? Because you're praying about specific things for, for them. And so you might say, ah, man, I wonder how this went, how that test went, how the big meeting went, well, whatever, how the Bible study went. Um, they might be struggling with, with things. Uh, they might be down. You know, so when you know about that, you, you'll want to reach out to them to find out how it's going. So I think it's linked. But... But it's not an easy thing, right? Um, even with cell phones, it's, yeah. it's, it's not easy to truly encourage each other daily. Third point I'd like to talk about is covenantal relationships. Turn to 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 5. This is a story about Jonathan and David's relationship really a great example of a friendship in the Bible. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And, and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. So the idea of a, like a committed covenantal friendship relationship is an idea that was a part of the, of the Hebrew culture. Um, it's a part of a lot of ancient cultures. It's not a part of our culture. Like, I mean, if you think about it, the only committed relationship we have is marriage. You know, until death, death to your heart. But men don't have and women don't have committed relationships with each other. Not, it's not a part of our culture. And I think that's kind of a shame. Um, but I think um, in terms of, I think it's a, a great idea in the church is to have committed relationships, committed friendships. And again, it, it's intentional. And like, so like Fred, Fred and I and Jim, now we have a covenantal relationship. We've made a commitment to each other, right? And I've got like Leonard and... and uh, and Tim is another one. I mean, we have, I have, these are men that I have made consistent commitment to. Those are covenantal relationships. And which means I'm going to, I'm going to be there with those. I'm, I'm going to consistently, I'm going to think, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to be in their lives. We're going to spend consistent time together. And I think it's a great idea, you know, to be intentional about having covenantal relationships in your life. Yeah. Uh, and we don't, it, we don't even think like that in our culture. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think Hebrews, that, that's, what they, that's how they thought. You know, I, I don't even think they had to preach that back then. It was just a part of what they did. Right. Um, but I think that's important. It can be helpful. 
Number four, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another daily. Let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The idea of spurring one another on. Um, that's like a cattle press. It's like poking. It's like, it's like poking a brother to jab them a little bit, to, to move in a certain direction. And we all need jabbing. You know, um, When I think of jabbing, I think of my daughter, Sarah. Um, my if, my, if, if Sarah wants me to do something, go somewhere, all she has to do is jab me in the ribs a couple times. And I am very sensitive. Uh, I probably shouldn't be sharing this. You can, get me, you can get me to do anything you want me to do by just jabbing in the ribs a couple times. Right there. She, she, she'll start jabbing, and, and I'm doing whatever she wants me to, to do. But, but, you know, Sarah is also like, she's my one, so she's my oldest daughter. And uh, she also, she, like, I remember we were having a walk not, not that long ago, and I was talking about some stuff, and she said, Dad, you've got bitterness in your heart towards this, this brother. And he, she just laid, she just, wow. she jabbed me good. Wow. She jabbed me good, and I didn't like to hear it. Um, and Leonard's another good jabber. Um, he jabs me, so, yeah, he's talked to me about... You know, being harsh about being overly concerned about titles in the church and stuff. I mean, Leonard's a good jabber in my life. So, but we need that, right? We need, you know, we need people in our life that that prod us, that that poke at us, and and it's kind of annoying, but but it's good for us, right? So, number five, uh, concern for each other. First Corinthians chapter twelve. <coughs> First Corinthians twelve twenty five and twenty six. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers with it, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So the context here is Paul is is using a body as a as a. Um, as an example of how a church should work, and, and he finishes it up here. But he talks about concern for each other. Mm, yep. And the idea of one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Um, it's like, you know, so if a body is injured, like, so last week I was fishing, and, and I jabbed a fish hook into my finger, okay? It's a, yeah, it was like, you know, it's like equivalent of shooting yourself in the foot, right? A fisherman hooking themselves with, with their, you know, and so I can see the mark on my finger right now. So when that happened, um, my world stopped, right? My, my entire universe stopped, and uh, it was painful. It was all about getting that hook out of my, my finger. Um, the body reacted appropriately, I yelled, there was a little bit of shame there, like you stupid, a uh, little bit of that going on, 
the blood came out, the blood is good because that, that cleanses the wound. That's the body's reaction, right? It's cleansing the wound. I don't want fish guts floating around in my bloodstream. You know what I'm saying? So, so that was all good. Um, so that's the way the body should work. But in order for that to work, you know, if, if someone is hurting, you know, they've got to they've express that. They've got to let people know. That's number one. And then when people are hurting, you respond to it. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is it, it's, it's whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to this. It's whatever it takes. So if you see a brother or sister that's struggling, that's down, that, you know, you're, God causes that person to, to cross your life and you perceive a, an issue, it's like wh- whatever it takes. And if it's, you know, reaching out to them, talking to them, I mean, even just talking to them, it can, can be good. Or it could be, there's all kinds of things you can do. You can, you can offer to pray with them every morning for a, a time, for a season. Or, you know, offer, you know, just, just your time or, or, or a follow-up phone call or, or you know, you know what I'm saying? There are just a million things you can do. A card. My, my wife is amazing at giving cards. Um, thoughtful cards. Uh, verses. It, but, I, I mean, I've seen brothers struggling. Like, one example is a brother I know who was struggling. And he, he was, he was a, a chef. So he worked evenings. So a group of us would meet with him at midnight when he got off. And, yeah, right? We, we'd meet with him at midnight half an hour, do a little Bible study, yeah. encourage him, he was struggling. Whatever it takes, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, it's like, yeah. I mean, um, and I think that's the idea of, of concern for each other. Uh, growing together, uh, Ephesians four sixteen. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the idea of growing as a body, as a community, growing and building ourselves up in love. So there's, you know, things that we do to, to build each other up. Um, you know, praying t- together, things like devotionals, worship, um, discipleship times. You know, having brothers and sisters that, that you meet, you know, kind of a... And we do this in our church, right? We have discipleship partners. Mm-hmm. And... But, I, you know, I know that th- those aren't all, like, functioning, right? right. And... So... And, and that's, that, that's just, I, I think, important part of, of building each other up, growing up to, together. Uh, another thing I really wanted to emphasize too is just the idea of asking for advice getting advice asking for help asking for advice on I mean why why do you want to reinvent the wheel you you know what I mean it's like in this in this community whatever you're going through whatever issue you have any question you have there's someone here that, that, that can help that's been through that um, asking for advice, getting help from, from, from people. It, it takes humility. Um, but if you want to grow, 
you're growing as a community. Asking advice is is a huge part of that, and I, and also you know just in the context of discipling relationships, open relationships, everything else that we've been talking about this morning. Um, number seven, being one in spirit and purpose. Philippians two. So I have the wrong verse up there. It should be Philippians two two. Paul says, uh, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. So the idea, idea of being one in spirit and purpose. So what, what is your purpose? And as a community, having one common purpose. And I think our purpose from this verse and, and what we talked about is serving God in our community. That's what I think it, it boils down to. It's serving God within our, our, our community. Amen. You know, I thought about, especially when I was a younger man, you know, I, I thought a lot about meaning a life, right? What, what can I do in my life? What monument can I build in my life that will last forever, Right? Famous man, you know, maybe you do some amazing thing, you're a, a general, someone builds a statue for you, but a couple hundred years from now, where is that statue? Buried, it, 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 it decays away, it's green, it's got lichen on it, right? whatever, right? It's yeah, it's, it's nothing. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, even, even the statues are, are nothing. What is the one monument that, that we can build? What is the one monument that you can build in your life that's going to add meaning, eternal value to what you do. And it, it, it's relationships. You know, it, it's investing in, in another brother or sister, having an impact on them, a positive impact, which will have an impact on, on, on their children, their children's children. It, it, you can build a monument that will last forever. Your life is what gives meaning to life. So being one in spirit and purpose, serving God in our community. Lastly, number eight, living in harmony with one another. First Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So living in harmony with, with one another. Not, not always easy, right? So I think, I mean, we're going to have issues, right? We're going to have, you know... Leonard's going to be annoying sometimes. It's just the way he is. He's going to be annoying sometimes. No, I'm not picking on Leonard. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have issues with each other, right? And, and so, and I think just to, just to break this down, I think what's really helpful for me with this is the idea of Matthew 18. Uh, read it. It's the whole chapter. But it, basically it says if... if if a brother sins against you, go to him and talk to him. 
And if that doesn't go well, then, then bring in another brother. And if that doesn't go well, then you might bring it to the larger community. But, but you deal with it. Another principle is don't let the sun go down on it. Deal with it quickly. Don't, yeah. don't let it grow into this big thing of, of yeah. bitterness. Right. Don't judge each other. Yeah. Putting, putting one another in, in a box and putting a label on them. And this sister is this. Mm-hmm. And no human being can be described yeah. that way and yeah. put into a box. We are too complex. Yeah. We, have, we all have strengths and weaknesses, right? right? And then on top of that, you put someone in a box, you judge them, and then you share that box, your label, with someone else, and that becomes slander, and that, that becomes gossip. And all of that is the enemy of what we're talking about here. And so it's just being absolutely loyal to one another, having each other's backs no matter what. Loyalty is really what it boils down to. So living in harmony with, with one another. Okay, uh, last slide, Jen. Thank you. So conclusion, I'd like to, to conclude, read 1 Peter 1, verse 22. Kind of all boils down to this. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Think about that, right? Love one another deeply from the heart. This is what, what we've been talking about today. So... Mm-hmm. So I was having, I was talking with Fred the, the other day about, actually about this, this, this lesson. And so we were like thinking about like all the churches we've been a part of that have grown a lot, you know, in our lives. And so, you know, I thought of Purdue University, which is where I, I went to school from 1978 to 1981. Campus ministry grew from like 16 to 130 in like, in like two and a half years. It just, it just blew up. Dorchester, you know, back in the day in Boston, Dorchester, 1983 to 1986, and I lived there. That that ministry just just grew like like crazy. Irene and I went went to Paris, France, 1986 on the mission team, 1986 and 1992. You know, small team grew to over 400. You know, when we left in 1992. Hartford, Connecticut, we were Irene and I. Um, moved there. All there was was a family group in 1992, and, and by 2000, over the next eight years, it grew to over 300 people. Baton Bong, actually, I didn't mention Baton Bong. I was going to do that in the introduction, but this is a church that we visited not that long, long ago. My, my brother is um, a doctor, moved there as a part of a church planning. That's the second largest city in, in K- K- Cambodia, and my daughter went there for a year. And so my brother was working in a hospital, and, um, and they had no IT. I mean, they were trying to run this hospital from an Excel spreadsheet, and it was nuts. And so, so, so I got involved with that and, and sort of built this, this computer system because I worked in IT. But that church was amazing. It was like this loving, I mean, you just walk into that, that community, and, and it also grew a, a lot. And, so, but anyway, going through all that, what's the matter with what I just said? Right? What's the matter? I mean, everything I just said was like the wrong, it was like the wrong perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and even when I look back at my life, 
and, and these, these, you know, these amazing experiences, I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about is the growth. Mm -hmm. It's like the completely, it's the wrong question. It's the wrong, it's the wrong perspective. Mm -hmm. It's like, and when I really look back at it, it, it was, I think about the, just the closeness that I enjoyed with the community. Those, all of those communities were amazingly close. Mm -hmm. Amazingly close. And, and that's what, that's what, and, and, you know, and even all of these, these, these churches that grew a lot, I mean, what, what was, what was the, what caused the growth? The growth was a symptom. Right. You know, it wasn't, it was a byproduct. Right. You know, and I, I think back in the day, you know, we were too focused on the numbers and the growth, right? But, but even in that, what made it grow and what made the communities vibrant, it was the community. It was the relationships. Right. And I think about, when I think about those experiences, um, and just the dear friends and, and the, what we went through together as brothers and sisters, it was the connection. It, it was the, the love that, that drove, drove everything. So again, the bottom line is, Love one another deeply from the heart. So uh, I'm going to transition now into our communion, uh, which is like, that's a communion, right? It's like a natural, uh, that's, that's what we've been, so not all sermons transition as neatly into the communion as this one does, you know what I mean? So, but, but anyway, so we're going to take the, the bread and wine, but the, you know, Communion, the whole idea of communion is, is sitting at, at God's table, thinking about Jesus as a community. Um, and so I, I hope that you'll even take a few minutes to think about some of the things that I shared and um, think about you know, how we as a church can grow closer as a community. Thank you. Amen.